Good morning, everybody. Today, our Advent devotional is from Luke 2, 8 through 16. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God. Glory to God in the highest. On earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened and which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. On a cold winter night, an angel appeared to the shepherds who were watching their flocks by night. Now the shepherds are terrified, and the angel knows that human beings are radically threatened at their presence. And even more frightening than the presence of the angel is the glory of the Lord that was shining all around them. And the first thing the angel says to the shepherds is, don't be afraid. His message is more than just a calming word for a moment. He's saying, don't worry. I'm not here to bring you a message of judgment or rebuke. He tells them instead, I'm bringing you a message of good tidings, good news. The angel said, behold, I bring you good news. The Greek word for behold means to perceive and not to fear. Tim Keller explains it this way. This is the principle. Behold and you won't be afraid. If you take time to comprehend or behold what is in the gospel message, it will remove the fear that has dominated and darkened your life. To the degree that you truly hold, gaze, grasp, relish, internalize, and rejoice in the gospel. To that degree, the fears of your life will be undermined. This is a beautiful message that the angel gives. But more than beautiful, it's powerful. Your fears about your health, your family, your finances can be let go as you behold this news that the angel brings. Take time this morning, just Grasp it, internalize it, and let go of your fears. So this angel, he's making an announcement, and it's more than your traditional birth announcement. The standard birth announcement gives the details of a baby's birth and then uh, gives greetings from the happy parents. But this report that the angel's giving to the shepherds, this is a life-changing message. It tells us it's good news. It's going to cause great joy, and it's for all the people. Now, the angel continues in his birth announcements, and he gives the titles for this new baby. He says, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. All the major offices of Jesus are confessed in one sentence. He is Savior. He is Lord. He is the Christ. That means he is the deliverer, the master, the anointed king. 
These are amazing and significant titles for a baby. Savior is only used twice in all of the four Gospels. And at Jesus' birth is one of those times. It is announced he is the Savior. The Savior has this powerful uh, military and political imagery that goes along with it. Mary uh, spoke of Jesus as Savior when she said in her song, the Savior has performed mighty deeds with his arms. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. Messiah means the anointed or the Christ. It was a title used for kings of Israel. To be anointed or to be the Messiah meant you held an office like we would think of the president or the prime minister or a king today. Israel was under the oppression of Rome. They were looking and praying for the final king who would come in David's lineage and who would reign from Jerusalem forever. So for the shepherds to hear from an angel that the Christ, the anointed one, has come, they would have heard the king of Israel has been born today in the city of Israel. And then the last title was Lord. And that uh, Lord is uh, how they translate it in Greek, what we think of as Yahweh in the Old Testament. And so for Jesus to be called Lord or Yahweh meant he was uh, divinity. He was the Son of God. Savior, Messiah, Lord. These are amazing titles for a baby. And as you and I are pondering what do these titles mean as the shepherds are thinking about what these titles mean. The angel then moves on and gives them a sign and it tells them you will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. And as he explains this sign, something astonishing begins to happen. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared praising God singing glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth on whom his favor rests. Now, the word host here, a host of angels, in Greek it meant an army or a company of soldiers. The word host would have had military overtones, and that makes us transform this picture as sweet singing angels in a field. We need to erase that picture, and we need to change it for a powerful angelic army army robed in battle armor. You see, in a dirty feeding trough in Bethlehem, the long-awaited Messiah lays cold and hungry. God himself was visiting his people. The light of his presence was shining on the sons of men. And these stunned angels came as onlookers, and they see more than just a baby. They are looking at their commander-in-chief. When the angels see this baby, they see the Messiah, they see the Savior, they see the Lord. Jesus has come to earth, but he hasn't come as the mighty conquering captain, as he was seen throughout all the Old Testament. But he has come as a helpless baby whose cries are filling the night air. As the angels begin to lift up cries of worship, it is the cry of an army praising their God, praising their commander, praising their chief. And they 
They declare throughout the air, glory to God in the highest. Now the message that this angel army declares to the shepherds and to the angelic host, it's an amazing message. They tell us that peace and goodwill will rest on men. Now peace here, it's a pretty powerful word. Peace in the Bible is not general peacefulness and prosperity or a trouble-free life. Peace means the end of enmity and the end of warfare. The angels are not announcing destruction like they will on the great and final day of the Lord. They're not uh, declaring the final judgment. This is an angel army proclaiming peace. It's one thing for one officer of an army to announce peace, but listen to this powerful message that's going forth. Thousands upon thousands of angels stand and declare peace to men. Peace on those on whom God is pleased. The angel army is announcing that God has granted mercy and amnesty and peace for those who are willing to take him up on the offer. Peace, the most fundamental peace that you and I can have is peace with God. Christmas means that because Jesus came as a baby to pay the penalty for our sins, you and I can have peace with God. Isaiah explained it this way. He said Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And of the greatness and increase of his government, there will be no end. I've always loved that line of his greatness, of his government. There will be no end. His greatness keeps increasing. Christmas, then, is the increasing of his peace and the availability of his peace. Now, I want you to think of this angel's message and of this amazing scene that's unfolding. Because there's so many unique things about this scene. In the Bible, generally, only one angel appears. The only other time we can think of a host of angels appearing, other than in heaven, is when Elisha talks about the, a host of angels. But when you look at this host of angels that have appeared to this she these shepherds, this is literally the army of heaven. Now, think about Elisha and he... Uh, when he was surrounded all around and his servant was scared, he called his servant, come outside, because he wanted to show his servant the host of angels and tell his servant, you don't have to be afraid. He showed, them, he showed his servant the host of angels and he told them, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are against us. The angels' song to the shepherds, it's got this upward vertical movement, glory to God in the highest. And then it begins to have this vertical downward movement when it says peace to men on whom God's favor rests. In other words, I want you to see the glory of God, the host of heaven is beginning to invade the earth. This night there is a holy invasion. An army has arrived with its commander but it, this isn't a hostile takeover. This is a baby announcement and a declaration of peace. The war will be won with good news. This war will be won with the gospel. This war is an invasion of peace. 
The champion of all heaven comes as a child. The angels, they're worshiping their commander-in-chief, their conquering captain, and they are watching this babe astounded and amazed at their God who's willing to humble himself. It is utterly remarkable that an army would be the ones declaring peace. <clears throat> the army was praising God and announcing a time of amnesty and pardon for men and women. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> this Savior, this Almighty God, this Captain, the Lord of hosts, he's humbled himself. <clears throat> and we see this through the sign that the angels give to the shepherds. And the sign was a manger. Luke is the only one who mentions the manger in all four Gospels. The English word for manger comes from Latin and it means to chew or to eat. Jesus' first bed was not a beautifully carved cradle, but it was a corn crib <clears throat> built to hold food for animals. It was crude, and it was all that Mary and Joseph had to offer him. Verse 12 tells us, This will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Now, every baby in Bethlehem was wrapped in swaddling clothes, so that's not the sign. The sign is the manger. In fact, this would have sounded wildly scandalous to shepherds. Shepherds, could, they couldn't have believed that the angel was saying this correctly. The Savior, the Christ, he's lying in what? No other king in the world comes in a feeding trough. You mean if we find him, we find the king of kings? You know, when the shepherds found that baby lying in the manger, they learned something crucial about his kingship. The shepherds rushed off to find Jesus. Their response revealed their belief in what the angel had told them. The contrast between these angelic hosts, this army of heaven, and a baby lying in a manger, manger that must have been immense. It must have been dramatic. And no sooner were the words out of the angel's mouth, you will find a baby lying in a manger, when all the heavens began to explode with praise. Glory to God. Glory to the Savior in a manger, they declared. Glory to God. Glory to the Messiah in the feeding trough. Glory to God. Glory to the Lord who's born in a corn crib. Glory to the one who is the highest. The angel of the Lord came to the shepherds. Humble men, these shepherds were. Religious men, they would have been offended by this sign. They would not have believed that a king would have come in a manger. But only the humble are ready to believe him. Why did God do Jesus' birth this way? What does it say about our God that he chose shepherds as the first people to know about his birth? He had angels, multitudes, multitudes of them, but the first people to hear this newly born king, God born in the flesh, they were outcast in Israel. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he's my favorite theologian, and he explains it this way. Only the humble believe in him and rejoice that God is so free and so marvelous that he does wonders where people despair. 
He takes what is little and lowly and he makes it marvelous. And that is the wonder of all wonders that God loves the lowly. God is not ashamed of the lowliness of human beings. God marches right in. He chooses people as his instruments and he performs his wonders where one would least expect them. God is near to lowliness. He loves the lost, the neglected, the unseemly, the excluded, the weak, and the broken. The manger is the sign that the angel gives us. The course of our Savior's life is a humble one, from the feeding trough of an animal to the cross of a criminal. It's unbelievable. And to think the one with authority over all of salvation and over all of the nation spends his first night not in a palace, but in a barn. Advent reveals that the little and lowly God takes and makes marvelous. The manger becomes a marvelous sign of God's presence and of his glory. It's a dirty feeding trough in Bethlehem, and it contains the long-awaited Messiah. The stunned angels, they look on and they praise Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, the Lord, all of the angelic hosts praise his name. You know, fear has been rampant during the season of COVID. COVID-19 has rearranged our society with fear and worry. It feels like we are walking in the shadow of death. And right now, I want you to hear the message that the angel's bringing. As we think about COVID overwhelming us, stealing our sleep, undermining our sense of control, then we need to think about, let's surrender this fear. Let's surrender our our inability to control the situation, let's surrender it today to the one born in a manger. Today, I invite you, behold your Savior. How can you trust him? This is why you can trust him, because that child born in the manger was the mighty Christ, the Lord. The degree to which you and I truly behold him, the degree to which we grasp, relish, internalize this message, that's the degree to which we can let our COVID fears let them go today. If the omnipotent God was willing to radically lose control, surrender and humble his life so that he could die for us, then isn't he worthy that we would surrender our control to him? Today, we're like Elisha's servant, the angels peeling back the heavens so that we can see the angelic host, the army of heaven. And I want to tell you today that those who are with us are more than those who are against us. I'm going to say to you what the angel told the shepherd that night, behold, and you will not be afraid. Thanks, everyone. We're getting close to Christmas. Tomorrow, Mike will finish the message about the shepherds. See you tomorrow.